0: Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. Seeing with the eyes of your heart. You know, the heart is interesting, right? The heart is the, and it's multi-dynamic. And I've got a graphic that I'm going to show you that most of you have seen before. If you're relatively new to us, I'm going to talk about the functions of the heart, break down, you know, how we can try to understand that aspect of us. But a lot of Christians, when they hear the word heart, they instantly think of that it's evil and that it's wicked and that you can't trust it and you shouldn't follow it and you shouldn't live from it. Well, that's true if if you don't know Jesus. But if you've said yes to him, You have a new heart. You have a new core. You know, the heart can be best understood at this point as your inner man, the inner being, the deepest part of who and what you are, that part of you that is directly connected to the Spirit of God, the part of you that receives God's divine influence. Everything that God does within you, He does through your heart into your life. Your heart is the soil that grows the kingdom. Your heart is the soil that the Word of God is planted in. Are you with me? How many is that? Is that like 17? There's like 17 different descriptions of the heart. <laughs> but it's true. It's so multi dynamic. It's multifaceted. And what we have to learn how to do is tend the garden of our heart to be in the best, you know, best receptivity, receptive place to let the Word of God grow. In Jesus, even when he talks about the kingdom, He talks about it, the word being planted in your heart and the condition of the soil. Your heart determines the degree of the kingdom that will grow into your life. The condition of your heart is not judged or dependent upon your behavior. Although your behavior can affect the hardness or the receptivity of your heart, it doesn't change your heart. The way that your behavior can affect your heart, and I'm giving you just kind of cramming a lot into this. This is, I actually have a very uh, pretty, I don't know, eight messages series on my website for free called Living from the Heart. If you want to dig, do a deep dive into this, um, you know, today, again, we're talking about seeing with the eyes of your heart. But the heart is what you should pay most attention to in your disciplined life, in your discipleship life, in your life to follow Jesus, meaning, what you're allowing to dwell within you. So when you hear a song like, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And again, I've got a graphic and we'll look at what that looks like. But blessing the Lord with your soul means to not just sit there in worry and fear and doubt and acknowledge that maybe God might show up and might do something for your life. No, blessing the Lord with your soul is taking responsibility for your inner world. What's going on inside there? What are you allowing to dwell in your heart and in your mind and in your feelings and in your emotions and in your thoughts and then in your actions? You know, Christianity is pretty bad about focusing on actions to judge things. And it's like, no, it's a matter of the heart. What's going on in your heart? I know what's going on in your heart because I hear it coming out of your mouth. And if I see something in your life, I see an action, I'm not going to question your salvation I'm going to question what you're allowing to dwell in your heart. What is it that you are focusing on? What is it? What kind of emotions are you allowing to dwell within you? Do they match what God says about you or do they match what the world says about you and what you've done in this world and what the world has done to you and what the doctor says and what your mom did and what your dad didn't do and what your kids are doing, you know, all that stuff. We allow that to corrupt not corrupt, but get within our heart and shift our focus. And we talk about it all the time in here, but Christianity really is a journey of living from the inside out, living from the knowledge of knowing that you are righteous in Him, that Jesus has done the work, you've been joined to God, He's placed His Spirit within you, He has betrothed Himself to you in a sense. We are married to Him, one in spirit, and then that heart is the aspect that he sheds his character and his light, and his. You're good, or you're on the third row. I almost got you on that one. But it, that, the 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 heart is where you live with God, and so that you know I want to look at a, at that a little bit today. You know we've talked about how Ephesians is so important for us in this season, uh, the book of Ephesians, and you know I want to look at a little bit of that today. But I want to start with this passage here because when you hear about the heart. Things like this come up. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man has imagined, or it also says, nor entered into the heart of man, what God has prepared for those who love him. A lot of people stop there, don't they? Now, that is Paul in 1 Corinthians quoting Isaiah from Isaiah 64.4. And a lot of people will use this to say your heart can't even imagine what God's doing. And a lot of times what they'll do is people, they meaning the toxic religious mindset, will use a passage like this to say, you don't know what God's doing. You can't understand him. You can't know his will. You can't know what's going on. And so therefore, if cancer enters your family or enters your body or you lose a job or something bad happens to you, it doesn't even enter into your heart what, you know, who God is, or it just it just gets all jumbled up, these half statements that get made. Or this is a perfect example of mixture of old and new. The old, this is the perfect mixture. If you just read that particular passage and you have the old wineskin mentality and you don't have the new wineskin mentality, you don't know what the next passage is. How many of you know what the next passage says? These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. You know, so you hear a lot of people say, well, your heart, you can't even know. You can't even know what God's doing. Oh, yeah, well, keep reading because He's revealed it to you through His Spirit. This is where we want to live. So what we're talking about is living within this revelation, living within this place where you have a direct connection with God, hearing from Him, being shaped and transformed by Him, but it's a very deep inner process that by the time it gets to your intellect, it's either already a part of you Or you're trying to understand it from an external perspective or an old perspective, a former dead man, or law-based perspective. So we're going to look at this a little bit, all right? So let me finish this. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything. Now, here's the picture that I want you to look at. The Spirit does see everything, obviously, but we're talking about an inward life. We're talking about the heart today. And the Spirit, more than anything, is searching your heart. It's, search, it's like a gardener going through that soil, you know. You find those weeds, you pick out... How many of you like to take care of your yards or you got a garden or something? Two of you. Awesome. Different example. Okay, here we go. Thank you. <laughs> I have a habit. Like, I get a phone call, and next thing I know, after I hang up the phone, I'm outside in the yard with a pile of weeds on the sidewalk. It just happens. Like So if you call me and we're talking, I probably find my way outside and I start pulling weeds. I don't know what it is. I just... How many of you are walkers when you get a phone call? You start moving around, you know, and, you, and then you hang up the phone and you're like, well, you don't, we don't hang up the phone like this anymore, do we? <laughs> hang up the phone and then you're like, what am I, how did I get here? What am I doing? And then you, and then you forgot what you were doing before the phone came. <laughs> but that's what I do. I go out and I'm out in the yard and I've got a pile of weeds over here. But that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's going through, he's searching, and he's not looking for your sin to hold against you because he doesn't do that. What he's doing is he's looking and he's prodding you. He's saying, hey, you know that fear that you're holding on to here over your marriage or your kids or something that you want to happen, it's time to trust me in that area. Let that go. Here's a passage for you. Here's a promise for you. Meditate on this. Think on this right here because this is my character. This is who I am within you. That old belief that you used to have, that religious stuff that you held on to, it's time to kind of let that go. Let yourself believe good things about yourself. Let me, You know, it's a process. It's, it's him as a gardener going within your heart showing to you the things that you need to make adjustments on. Sometimes he'll knock on that thing that's your pet sin, and that is conviction, but not condemnation, because there is no condemnation. It's conviction, and a conviction would say, hey, you're better than this. Don't you realize that this is causing destruction in your life? It's time to let it go. And he will do that, to, to set you free so that you will experience what it is that he's given to you. And watch, let's keep going here. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. Think about that for a minute. He's given you his spirit so you would know what he's given you. Now, the eyes of your heart, which is where we're going, is, the, is what needs to be tuned to look and see those things. So if the Spirit is within you and knows you and is searching through you to help you understand the things that have been freely given to you by God, which to me sounds a lot like the promises. He's made you great and precious promises so that you would be a partaker of His divine nature. You know, He hasn't necessarily given you His Spirit to condemn you. He hasn't given you His Spirit to hold your sin against you. He's given you His Spirit to show you the good stuff that's in you. You know, so that the, the, the confession of your mouth and your faith acknowledges every good thing that He's done within you. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. You know, and, and I, ju- I just kind of feel this. A lot of people are overwhelmed. A lot of people carry a false sense of humility meaning you're kind of trained to believe negative things about yourself, and it's like the worse you believe about yourself, the more holy you really are. You know, I don't know if any of you come out of those kind of backgrounds, but a lot of people believe that way. There are people in Catholicism and places in Mexico that I've heard of where they will crawl down to the, the uh, what do you call it in Catholicism? The, the place, the church, I don't know. They call them churches too. Anyway, on the knee, hands and knees Trying to promote suffering because they feel so bad about themselves within this. And that's not a knock on, well, yet yeah, it's a knock on Catholicism. I'll just admit it. Anything that makes you feel less than what Jesus paid for, that's horrible. You know, and so a lot of you, listen to me, okay? A lot of you, even watching on the internet here, you have a hard time believing good things about yourself. Now, I don't mean pride. I don't mean an arrogance where you, you know, think that you're better than you, you know, that that it's a result of your own actions. But a lot of people don't let themselves believe good things about themselves, don't believe that they're worthy. You know, I just had a conversation recently with a person that just could not really understand that God sees him as a father and wants to interact with him as a good father. That, that was filtering it's like it was like this person was worried about their salvation and questioning whether or not they were really saved and I'd say okay so how do you how do you get saved? How do you get born again? Well you believe by faith in what Jesus did and you know all the right answer and then I'd pause and then this then the response would be well but my life isn't showing the fruit and this and that and that. Is this sounding familiar? Some of you have been in backgrounds like this where your salvation is judged by your fruit I'm like okay let me ask you again how do you get saved? Well, you express faith in what Jesus did, and you—you know—you're born again by Him. But my life is not da, 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 da. okay. That's interesting. So, how—how how do you get saved? <laughs> After about five times, literally, is like, oh. it's like okay. So it's established. This is how you get saved. This is how you are born again. This is how you get connected to God and you receive the gift of eternal life and He places His Spirit within you and He's forgiven you and He's washed you and He's given you His righteousness and you are in a state of holiness and acceptance before Him. Now, let's deal with your behavior. But don't let your behavior back itself all the way back up into your heart and into your spirit because it can't do that. Your behavior cannot affect your spirit. Now, if your heart decided to say, I don't want salvation anymore, Jesus, you can take it back. Maybe you could do that. You know, there are admonishments about continuing in the faith, continue to believe. People ask, can you lose your salvation? Well, you can't earn it, so you can't lose it through performance. But if you decided to quit believing, maybe you can give it back. I don't know. There are, there, it does seem to kind of acknowledge that, right? I think that's reasonable. You're with me? I don't know. <laughs> so... The Spirit is within you, searching through you, and He's given you a new receiver. He's given you a new inner man, a core being that is a new creation, like the world had never seen before, even better than what Adam in the garden had experienced, a different type of creature with eternal life. That's a whole other kind of message, but this heart hears God, and it's directly connected to the Spirit of God within you. And you can trust that you can hear God. I'm not saying that you follow your heart, but what you do is you condition your heart where it will follow God. And you're hardwired now, spiritually hardwired to follow God naturally. You are no longer at enmity with God. You don't have a water heart with the oil of God that won't mix. That's what enmity means, is that they won't mix. You put oil and water together and you shake them up, eventually they'll split again. You are oil and God is oil. Amen? You've been made one with Him. This heart is unified with Him. Now, it can still believe lies. Your heart has eyes within it, which we're going to, and it can look and it can make judgments and assessments and decisions and determinations. And this is where we're talking about is tuning the eyes of your heart to follow what the Spirit of God is doing, and what the Spirit of God is doing is searching you to help you know the good things that God's put in you. You with me? All right, so then we go here. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now let me ask you this. Is there a spirit of wisdom and revelation that God has tucked away in His secret chamber, in His throne room, that He's withholding from you? That if you do the right thing, then He will give you this spirit? Is it a spirit that's different from His own spirit? Is it something that you don't already have? See, when you look at this language, give you the spirit. Mystical types, ultra-charismatic types hear this word and they think, well, there's something else, another spirit, the seven spirits of God and the 12 spirits, and I'm going to get something new, get a new anointing, and maybe you got it, maybe, you know, and, and it gets strange. What he's talking about is the essence, is give you within your mind and in your heart, show you how to follow him in the, within the essence and the spirit of wisdom and revelation, living a lifestyle where you are yielded to him in experiencing his wisdom and revelation, right? That's what we're talking about. So having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Now just think about that for a minute. This is what Paul is praying, that God would cultivate within you wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, right? It's not just some random information, that the wisdom and revelation that God is seeking to bear fruit into your life is out of your knowledge of Him. We better know Him, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's what God's working from. When God reaches into the bag of wisdom and revelation and pulls out to bear fruit within your life, it's out of Jesus. So it's always going to be out of Him that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. Interesting phrase, right? How many of you are visual people? Right? You could say the perception of your heart, or the imagination of your heart. All of those are because those of you that are literal and you're wondering if your heart needs glasses or something like that. You know, because some of you are wondering that, right? I can see it. You're like, what prescription do I need for my heart? Is it better this or this? Is it better this or no? The imagination of your heart. You know, all of that that's going on. Your your eye, your, the eyes of your heart perceiving. Talking about how you perceive the wisdom and the knowledge of God, uh, wisdom and knowledge wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, so that the perceptions of your heart be tuned to match what the Spirit of God is trying to do within you, which is to acknowledge and show you the good stuff that He's put in you. Amen? See, you will do what you believe about yourself. You've got this little portrait, this self-portrait installed within you, and you check it every time you make a decision. I don't care what that decision is. And if you see that aspect of you in that self-portrait, what you believe about yourself, what you feel about yourself, and that self-portrait has been painted by the world around you, that self-portrait painted by somebody else, kind of a paradox. It's been painted. That image of you has been painted and touched up and photoshopped and all this stuff that's within you. But it should be painted by God, and you look at it and you say, no, this is who God says that I am. How I see myself is how God sees me. So I'm not going to allow myself to go that direction. I'm not going to allow myself to move. Even think those kinds of thoughts, because I know that thinking, I know what thinking those kinds of thoughts leads me to. Well, you're just, you're not, you're not admitting reality, brother. Well, you know what? Heaven is my reality. That's the greatest reality that we have possibility of connecting to. And so that's what we're, what we're looking at is the eyes, the imagination of our heart deep within us when we dream. Is it being fed by what God says about us? Is it in tune with what the Spirit of God is doing within us? Or is the perception and the imagination of your heart planning a funeral? Is it imagining that your job is going to be lost? Is it imagining that as you drive down the road that something bad is going to happen to you? Is it imagining what that conversation is going to be like with your boss when you go in the next day and you're just dreading it and dread and dread? If dread and worry and fear and anxiety and all of that stuff is the fruit of the imagination of a heart that's focused on the world, and that doesn't make you a bad person. It just means what are you allowing to dwell within you? So the eyes of your heart being tuned and shift and turned toward what the Spirit is doing. Coming into harmony with that. So, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know... Now, this is almost like a whole series because there's three very significant things here that the Spirit of God is trying to help you perceive and imagine deep within you. I'm not going to go too deep into what these three things are, but I would encourage you maybe this week... Get out a notepad or whatever you take notes, whatever it is that you do when you meditate and you capture that inspiration that comes when you read Scripture. Take this passage here and focus on each one of those three things and just see, you know, just see what comes up. Just categorize it, write it down. If it's a passage associated with it, if it's direction for a particular part of your life, whatever it is, it's going to be associated with these three things. That the eyes of your heart be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, or the hope of His calling, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? I have been meditating on that for like 20 years. I mean, seriously. The riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. You are God's inheritance. You are what Jesus inherited from God. Think about it. What is the great and precious prize that Jesus endured the cross for? You know, the joy set before him. It's that he would gain you within his family. I mean, that, you know, you just sit within that. What that does is it produces a heart of the, where you want to protect the spirit within, you want to protect your own dignity and your own character and your own sense of self worth based on what you let yourself get into. No, I'm a gift. And now this sounds really conceited and you use it the wrong way, but I am God's gift to Jesus. Look at there, no lightning came down. (laughs) And you know what I mean by that. You are the hope, that the prize, the the joy that Jesus went through, what he went through to have you, to have that promise that God made to him. I mean, that's incredible to let yourself think about those kinds of things. Um, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Now, to me, that is an excellent description of what grace is. God's divine influence from his spirit within your heart that shapes your thinking, that shapes how you perceive and how you imagine and what you allow yourself to believe about this world and yourself and all of that stuff That's His great power toward us who believe. That is grace. That is what grace is. According to the working of His great might. Now, I've got this in a different translation as well, just to kind of open it up a little bit in the New Living. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. Think about that for a minute. The heart being the inner man. The heart being that part that is the new creation. That heart being the part where God's commandments are within it and you naturally want to follow God from deep within. That's where the guilt and the shame from sin comes from now is because it's contrary to who you are. You know, God doesn't want you feeling those ways about yourself. And so he's leading you into the righteousness and holiness that you've been given. But that that your hearts be flooded with light. Light, revelation, life, wisdom, guidance to bear fruit. So that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people, and his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power. Now, this hope, the hope of his calling, you know, and if you read commentaries, you study, it's, there's no consensus on what this is. There's, there's kind of a ballpark of what it is, and really it's talking about you getting saved you having the capacity to enter into what Jesus paid for you and receive the gift of eternal life and spend eternity in that heavenly family. That's the hope of his calling. It's, a to- it's associated with heaven in many ways. So here's the way that, it, that we see that. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all of God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you've already heard in the true message of the gospel. I think the true message of the gospel is on the move in the world today. Amen? That has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing. Now, see, the hope is in heaven. The gospel is the message of the hope that you have in heaven, but it's bearing fruit in the earth. We're not just people that say in the sweet by and by everything will be okay. Are you with me? We're not just people that say this world is doomed, but one day heaven. You know, like you just expect this world to get worse and worse and worse and darker and darker and darker and and there's no sense of fulfillment and we're like a bunch of Gnostics that think all the material world is evil and you should pray to die to get out of this world. You know what I mean? Like that's the mindset almost from that perspective. And the denominationalism lives within that. No hope of experiencing any sense of real fruit in this world or heaven in this place. And if you start thinking that way, oh, we don't don't do that healing stuff. And, And it's like instantly goes to miracles or whatever. But the message, the hope is that there is something stored up for you in heaven. And that is bearing fruit in the earth. There's a connection there. How is it bearing fruit in the earth? It's bearing fruit in the earth through you. Specifically, through your heart, through that place that God has renewed, that new creation within you, that new core, that new inner man. That's first and foremost where the kingdom, where the message of this hope that's in heaven is bearing fruit. Are you with me? All right, so continuing on. "...and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been, going, has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understand God's grace. Which is what we're trying to do, is understand God's grace, which is this hope that is in heaven is there and it's shining into our hearts at this time and in this moment, and we can be shaped and molded and transformed by it and we experience and release that into this earth. First and foremost in our own lives, in the form of righteousness, peace, and joy. You know, if you want to get more spiritual, learn how to live within the righteousness that you've been given so that it does affect your behavior. You know, when I I was born again, something that was... That I experienced was just like instant deliverance from profanity. You know, I mean, I used to cuss like well, there's kids in here, so I won't go there. But you know, why do people say sailors? anybody anybody in the navy? Sailors are filthy mouth, and he's a marine. He can say that. So, (laughs) oh no, we got a sailor. Let's go. Ready? Ding, ding, ding. All right. (laughs) You were in the navy. Awesome. Do people cuss a lot in the navy? Not anymore. No, the marines and army are. Oh, the Marines are worse. Because <laughs> like a Marine. We need to change the phrase. But it just left for me. And for me, it was a heart issue. I got this new heart, got this new creation reality. It's like that stuff, it just wasn't in there. You know, it just, didn't, it just didn't come out. And it just stopped. And I'm not, if you use those words, that's not a condemnation. You know, it may not be a heart issue for you. It may just be a word for you. But for me, it just instantly changed, and I just didn't have that within me to come out of me any longer. So I've got a couple more, but I'm just going to skip to this. All right, now this graphic, there's a lot going on here, and I will put this out on our social media. If you're not on Facebook and you're not in our Forward Church Online Discipleship group, you miss a few of the things that get put out there. You know, I understand Facebook is a cesspool. You don't necessarily have to jump in there. But if you're not on Facebook and you want to get the things that I put out as homework and some of the discipleship aspects of what we do within this church and you're not in that group, let me know and, you know, I can email you some of these things. But this graphic right here, I first saw it in uh, school at uh, Impact with uh, Jim Richards, and I've since modified it and kind of adapted it. But this is what I kind of want you to want you to leave thinking and understanding and cultivating and letting yourself be saturated with. It's kind of this idea that what God is trying to do is help you understand the good things that He's put within you. It's okay to believe good things about yourself if it's in alignment with the value that God has for you. And in fact, some of you need to shed some of that false humility that religion produces, that toxic religion produces, and let yourself believe that you are valuable because Jesus died for you. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. And you don't deserve the pain and the tragedy and and that sense of foreboding gloom that sits on you, that the world just kind of seems more familiar When there's a bit of an expectation of something, are you with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? That's you know where 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 when all of a sudden you have a really good day and you feel really good and then you catch yourself and you're like, whoa, I better not let myself feel too good. Something. Are you? Do you do that? Do you know what I'm talking about? That can be gone. That can be lifted. Now the world is heavy it has stuff that it's going to do to you that will rob and steal your joy. It cannot affect your righteousness, but it can affect your peace and the joy that you live within. But if the eyes of your heart are tuned to the voice of the Spirit, and I don't mean information where you wake up and you hear God say today, it's more of impression. It's very subtle, subconscious, if you want to call it, where it rises up within you. But your role to play is when the world happens, when you are sitting and you analyze and you're worrying and you call it prayer and you're doing this or that, or you're praying, but you're asking for information and you're trying to get God to show up and do something and you're wondering how this whole thing works and I don't know how is this God, you know, are you with me? Because we all live there at different times and different places and the questions that we have. This is what God's trying to do. He has joined himself to you in his spirit. And your heart has eyes. It has the capacity to imagine. It has the capacity to perceive and conceive. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The eyes of your heart must have the lens of faith on them. Now, I don't mean a faith that ignores the world. I don't mean a faith that is shipwrecked if it doesn't happen. Are you with me? But I mean a faith that looks at this world and says, you know what, I acknowledge it. I get. I acknowledge that this is what's happening. You know, we have some bad news in our family with mom right now. And it's like, I don't want it. I don't like it. But you know what? I have every expectation because of who Jesus is that this can and will change. We've seen it change. It goes back a little bit, but will can change, you know. My role, my role is to let my emotions be affected by possibility through the eyes of faith, through what I'm allowing to imagine within my own heart. And if you're listening, Mom, that's your role as well. Whatever you're going through, your role is to let the imagination of your heart, where your mind goes. And, and you know when you learn, when you're learning how to meditate or you're going through something difficult and you have been meditating, meditation just being prayer, you meditate all the time. You meditate on what you want to eat, You meditate on what in the world that person was thinking that drove that way. (laughs) Like you imagine. Now I get it. That person, you know what I mean? Like that is meditation. Anytime you sit, anytime you're thinking about something that you're not doing, that's meditation. You're thinking about it. You're shaping it up. You're feeling a certain way about it. You're letting it affect your decisions. The imagination and the perceptions of your heart must be fueled by by what's possible, by what Jesus paid for, by who he says that you are, this identity that he's given you within his finished work. And it's not that you're going to fake things, right? It's not that you're going to sit within that place and let faith rule within your heart and you're just totally out of touch with the world. I mean, in a real way, in a real way where when something happens, you can look at that in Jesus and the possibilities that he says and the things that he's done and the testimonies of what you've seen him do and in the world around you and the things that you've seen God do for you. That stuff is real. It's not just ideas. You know, it's like we pray and then we take the pill. That's fine. Take the pill. But that inner world, that possibility... Of the Spirit of the Living God searching and showing you. I've put some healing in there too. Let that bear fruit too. Let that arise as well because the Spirit of the Living God is in you, giving life to your physical body in this moment right now. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're sitting there and you're looking at yourself and you're wondering, man, I should be far further along by now. Why, is, why do I have this in my life? Why, why this? I got to, you know. That's fine. You're going to do that, and you need to work those kinds of things out. But just as much as you do that, also let yourself imagine your heavenly reality, your existence within Christ, the fact that he's within you and shaping you. Are you with me? Because if you see this graphic here, and it's almost impossible to really contextualize all of these aspects of ourselves, spirit, soul, body, heart, brain, all of that, But just in general, if you're new to this concept, like your brain processes, the stuff in this world, you have the five senses, you know, smell, hear, touch, taste, feel. Externally, whatever happens, your brain has a part to play in the processing of that, it turned the at least bio-interesting chemical things happen within you, causes reactions within your body, and you feel, and you smell, and you touch, and you taste, and you hear, and all that stuff. All of that, how your brain perceives the outside world and creates a reality in your physical body, and then in your emotions, so does the heart. The heart has senses as well. It hears. It can feel God. It can taste and see that the Lord is good, you could taste and see. I mean, you know, it's like interesting what this heart can do. Now, I hope you don't get too literal on that, but your heart has a capacity to experience. And your five senses deep within you have to be tuned. You have to learn how to see with your heart. And your heart has to see faith because you notice that the heart is somewhat connected to soul, so whatever is going on in your soul, the worry, the fear, it can affect your heart. Now, it won't leak all the way into your spirit, praise the living God. You know, you're like Noah in that boat. God has sealed it from the outside. Your heart is in there. You're like that that spirit, that part within you that's connected where the heart touches spirit, that place is like the heavenly holy of holies that was the secret place that the Spirit of God would dwell within. The spirit of the living God dwells within you. You know, the heart is like that. You could almost look at it too as the, the, uh, the chamber right outside the heavenly holy of holies where you come in and prepare to go into the presence. You know, the whole temple is a model of the heart, of the process that you go through to meet in that secret place with him. Not to be prepared to be holy to meet with him, but to recognize You are there. You carry the spirit of the living God within you. You are the walking ark of the covenant in this earth today. That box that carried the presence of God, that the Israelites stepped into the Jordan and the water split because once they moved in the spirit, with the spirit, the earth responded to that. That's in you. And your heart determines what you're going to do with that Spirit, what you're going to let that Spirit do in this world. And it starts with what you're imagining, the perceptions of your heart, what you're letting yourself feel and what you're letting dwell within you. But that Spirit is teaching your heart. is training your heart. is speaking to you. Is speaking to your inner man to remind you that what he's done for you. Jesus said the Spirit, when he comes, he will show you things to come. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. The reason some of us are not being led into that truth is because our heart, in whatever re- for whatever reason, is not leadable into that particular truth in this particular moment. But it can be. Doesn't mean you have an evil heart. Doesn't mean you have a bad heart. Just means that part of your heart, for some reason, is dulled and desensitized to that aspect of His leading. See, God is always trying to lead you and guide you into all truth. That's why why you have to protect that heart. Stay out of sin. Stay away from those toxic people. You know, put yourself in a place where you can stay in faith. I don't mean you unplug from the world and you go to a monastery and you remain silent for the rest of your life, you know. But inwardly, you kind of do that. You, You protect that area where God is speaking to you so that on the inside of you, possibility of heaven reality in your life is greater than anything that's in the world. Where you open your eyes and you see the state of the world and it's like, oh, that's shocking and confusing because inside, I'm full of hope and expectation. But that's not just, you know, because we hear that kind of stuff to let hope arise and this. And well, how do you let hope arise? You let the eyes of your heart, the imagination of your heart be taught by the Spirit. Mostly, you can just read about Jesus and look at what he said is possible. We read Jesus and we get condemned because we don't understand that he was closing out the old covenant, a prophet under that, introducing the new, and so we get all bogged down by that. But what you have to realize more than anything is you are a new creature, have been given righteousness. You've, You've been cleansed and you are in a place of holiness before your father. And that inner man it's your responsibility to cultivate that inner world, to let the, the stuff, the stuff that is not in your life or that is in your life that you think you have to pray through to get a response from God or the things, that, the godly desires that you do have in your life and you're trying to figure out how it all works and get that into your life. It's interesting because the very fact that you're trying in that area shows that your heart is not receptive to him and you're actually repelling that, that area and keeping him from bearing it in your life. Now, it's not, he's, it's not he's consciously saying, well, you're worrying, so I'm going to withhold. It's that you won't let yourself receive. And I get it. That's tough. You know, when you really, truly understand grace and you really, truly understand freedom under this new covenant and your identity there's way more responsibility than the law ever could because it's not just about keeping a rule. It's about what's going on on the inside. Jesus said under his command, under his watch, under his covenant, that if you've, it's not, you know, adultery is the act, but for him, it's just in your heart. If it's in your heart, you've done it. So he elevated everything to the heart level. And this is what we're, and, and, you know, I didn't mean to derail, but I'm making the point that what he's after is speaking to you, living with you in such a way where you cultivate that relationship inwardly. You let the imagination, even when you, even when your brain, the fact that your brain doesn't understand it is a good sign. Like if your brain can uh, conceptualize the negativity that's happening in your... Like, if you look at darkness in your life and you go, oh that makes sense. You're conditioned to agree with the world. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. What we want to do is look at... I mean, so if you look at the world and you're like, I don't understand, why is this happening? You're in the better place. It's okay to question the condition and the state of the world and the state of your life and to say, why is this happening? Because that means there's something within you that says this shouldn't be happening. It should be a different way. But let the should be, let the world that God is trying to create within you be more satisfying and create more peace and give you more understanding than those reasonings according to the world that are confusing. Does that make sense? I mean, that's kind of a lot packed into, you know, one message or single idea. But this is the question. Which eyes am I using? Think about that this week. As you go out, as you're facing whatever it is that you're facing, as you're dealing with life, think about that. Which eyes am I using? All right, so I've got this thing in my life. Which eyes am I using? Am I deep within, using the eyes of my heart to look and see what God has placed within me in this area? Am I, am I letting faith arise within me? Am I, am I letting faith be the evidence rather than what's in the world? Which eyes am I using? Are you with me? Father, we thank you for your spirit. We you that we are new creatures. We want to properly steward your spirit within us. And we want to live in such a way where the imaginations of our heart honor you and give place to you to bear fruit in our lives and we trust you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at clintbiers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.